Welcome to the Shea Speaks podcast, where together we're going to break the chains. We're going to shatter all of those glass ceilings, and we're going to overcome the obstacles that stand between you and the life that God has called you to live. No longer will you say why you can't rise to the next level of you. I don't know about you, but I love me some girl talk. And if you do, pull up a seat and let's get to it. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am a little bit sweaty. (laughs) I'm nervous. Um, I am going to be really vulnerable with you guys today in this episode, and that is something I've always told you guys that I would do. And sometimes through vulnerability, you have to put down other people in order to share your story, and you have to relive trauma, and you have to take that lid off of pain that you've probably shoved down so far that you don't like to relive live, but I am going to share this story with you guys because I fully believe that God walked me through those seasons of my life and those hardships and those struggles and put me through those things in order to share my story with you guys and show you that there is another side and that I didn't walk through those things for nothing, that I do have a story to tell and so do you. And he used all of those things and all of that rejection of what I was walking through in order to protect me and help me become the woman that I am today. Because everything that I went through and all of the hardships that I faced in my childhood and in my life It is fully why I am the woman that I am today, why I have the career that I do, why I am the person that I am, why my character is the way that it is, and and just how I'm able to share stories with you guys today through this podcast is everything that I've been through. And so without further ado... Let's go ahead and jump into this. Now, I have done an episode already about just really leveling up your circle and removing those toxic people, but I wanted to get more into it in depth. Um, Maybe a family member, your mom, your dad, a best friend, someone who's dealing with addiction, somebody who's just so toxic that you know you need to remove, but you don't know where to start. This process can be super, super overwhelming and I, as somebody that puts everything out there on social media, pretty much, this is something that I've really just kind of dipped my toe in. I've never really gone into full detail over it. I have, you know, kind of made some reels about it. I've talked about it on my story, done some little Q and A's, but I've never fully gone into all of the details of what I walked through. And so today we're going to be really talking about how to actually remove those toxic people, how to cut ties with people in your life that are extremely close to you. I know that once I started sharing this on my stories and through social media, I had so many people reach out to me and I was honestly kind of blown away and overwhelmed with the feeling of I need to share and I need to talk about this because so many people are walking through the same thing and I want them to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but also where do I even start? And so bear with me as I probably Probably I'm going to need some tissues with this and this is not going to be easy, but y'all are my people and I'm ready to walk through this with you guys. Um, So growing up, I grew up with an alcoholic mother and that is something that I do share, but it is so hard to talk about that because it is such a tender space. You know, my mom was is one of the most incredible people that I know. Um, She would do anything for anyone and she did her best. And I know that she was fighting a lot of demons in her life that she just chose to not fight and chose to cover it up with alcohol. And because of that, she ruined about every relationship she's ever had. And I didn't have a mom because of it. And so, you know, growing up with her. I had four older siblings who we have a pretty significant age gap. And so they had already kind of moved out, started their families, were getting married. And it really was just 
just me and my mom for most of my childhood. My parents got divorced when I was six years old. Um, it just, I mean, that's when the drinking really started and, you know, all these things started unfolding and it really was just a downhill spiral from there. I really grew up with what I'd call an absent mother. You know, I wanted that mom that when I looked at my friends and saw that version of just the mom that showed up, that was at the football games, the basketball games, that came to the meetings, that showed up for them, that was there to listen, that was an open ear, that was just a nurturing mother. And I did not have that. And I craved it so much. And I really, truly began to resent her for the things that she wasn't and for the unrealistic expectations that I set on her they were bare minimum expectations but because of her situation and because of the choices and decisions that she chose to make they were unrealistic expectations because they were unmet the moment that I ever even thought them I wanted her to be there I wanted her to show up for me I wanted her to quit drinking I wanted her to be a mother and because I automatically had those expectations of her I always resented her because they were unmet um I was put into environments I should have never been put into I was you know, brought up around people I should have never been put, you know, in situations with. And because of that, I faced a lot of trauma through just seeing and experiencing the things that I did at such a young age that I wish I would have never seen or been a part of. And it wasn't until my junior year of high school that I had just had enough. I had hit a breaking point. I was so tired of feeling just defeat and disappointment heartbreak just constantly and it was almost like which those of you that have gone through it you'll know it's like grieving the loss of somebody who is still alive she was walking breathing eating just living her life but I was grieving because it was like I'd already lost her and I don't think there's any heartbreak worse than that because she was here and there was nothing I could do. I had tried everything. I had tried having conversations. I had tried communicating these things. I had tried my entire life to be good enough and I always felt like I was less than and I wish that I could go back and just hold my face and tell me it is not your fault. You are not hard to love. She just doesn't know how to love you because she can't love herself. And I want to share that with you guys for any of you, you know, as I share these stories, it may not be your mom, but I want you to insert that person here in all of my stories, in the feelings that I'm feeling and just really try to relate as far as who that is in your life, whether it's a best friend, a family member, a mom, a sister, a sibling, anybody that you are walking through this with that you know it is time to cut them off, but you don't know where to start. It is so overwhelming and it is such a process and uh, it's a lot to unpack and I don't even know how I'm going to be able to share all this with you guys and how I'm going to be able to get it all out because it's so much and I probably could talk about this all day long, but I'll spare you the details. Um, So we're going to kind of break down how to establish if this person is toxic because a lot of times people don't even realize how horrible this relationship is until either someone points it out or like in this moment right now where I'm about to tell you these are the reasons this person is toxic and this is how we're going to remove them. So number one, okay, you are left feeling emotionally exhausted after every encounter with them, whether they are just so negative, they're toxic, they don't make you feel good, they make you feel less than, you know that when they call you, you don't even want to answer, you don't want to respond to the text, you don't want to listen, you don't want to do anything with them because they drain you and make 
make you feel emotionally exhausted. Number two, they try to intimidate you to get their way. They use intimidation tactics, whether they know something about you, they try to blackmail you, they know something about other people that you're close to, like, oh, you can't be close to them, you have to be close to me because of this, and they use peer intimidation. They try to control you by guilt tripping you. They guilt trip everything that you do, they make you feel bad, they make you feel like what your actions are is going to affect them in some way. And number four, they're easily jealous of everything. So if you go to them and you're so excited about these things and you're like, I'm about to do this new business. I love this outfit I got. I'm really excited about this next step that I'm taking. And they make you feel like it's the stupidest thing you've ever thought of. They are easily jealous of you. Like literally everything that you ever go to them about that you're so excited about, just so jealous of everything that you're doing that they can't be happy for you, genuinely happy. Um, They constantly see themselves as a victim. Now, this is a huge thing when it comes to toxic relationships and something that I always struggled with was anytime I ever tried to have a conversation or discuss the issues that were going on, it's, well, you, I'm sorry, you feel that way. I'm sorry, this is an issue because they feel like they're the victim in every situation. Most of the time, it's out of embarrassment because they're embarrassed of how they're acting or what their actions are. They're embarrassed that you realize their issues because maybe they don't even realize them. And then when you point them out, it's like, oh my gosh, panic. I need to make someone else the victim because it can't be me. They give you backhanded compliments all the time. They're so backhanded because they're, number one, jealous of you. They feel victim. There's so many reasons as to why they're going to give you a backhanded compliment instead of actually genuinely being happy for what you're doing, for your excitement, and for you know being a positive light in your life to encourage you to keep doing the things that you're doing and become better. And the last thing is they're overly defensive. So I left this last because going through what I went through with my mom and trying to address things with her, I wanted to help her so badly. But the thing is, if they don't want help themselves, they're going to be unwilling to take help from you because in their eyes, they don't need help. And when I would go to her about how I felt and try to have conversations with her before I was going to cut her off or before I was going to make those decisions to where we would have no conversation and no contact, I tried to explain everything to her and I got to where I knew I couldn't do it face to face. So I would do it through text or letters and they just get so overly defensive because they're just so embarrassed. They don't want to, they don't want other people to realize their issues. And once you do, it's just a defense mechanism because that's how they protect themselves. And so now that we've established all of those things, I want you guys to understand that those people, whoever this is in your life, they have so many inner demons that they are unwilling to cope with. They're not willing to face those demons. They're not willing to, you know, get closer to God. They're not willing to fix their issues. They're not willing to go to counseling. They're not willing to have conversations because they have problems that they're not wanting to face and they just want to cover it with drugs, alcohol, with, you know, other addictions that it's just easy to put a band-aid over it. When really that band-aid they're viewing as a solution is actually another issue on top of the issues that they already have. And so I want you now, okay, so now that we've established these people in your life that are toxic, um, you know, with my mom, it came to my junior year of high school where I had just reached my breaking point. It was the one thing after another and I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. I wanted to do all these great big things in my life, but I knew that I couldn't do them by being held down by her and her decisions. And so these are some active ways that you can start implementing to help remove this relationship. Um, Number one. Start by letting them know how you feel. 
This is probably the hardest thing to do because if you're anything like me, I hate confrontation. I hate hurting people's feelings. I hate being real with people. I hate pointing people out. I hate having tough conversations. But at the end of the day, they have to be had because if you are unwilling to make that first step of communication and fixing the issue, then you have no room to complain about it. And so I left my mom a letter. I wrote her a letter with everything about how I felt and all the ways that she had hurt me and all the things that I had tried to do to help her. And I obviously got a terrible response back from it, but it honestly is more for you than it is for them. I felt better because I knew that I was trying to handle the situation. I did it in a very calm manner. I explained my feelings, um, just the outcome of her actions on how they made me feel. And it made me feel almost a sense of release because I got all my emotions out and I finally was able to say all the things that I had felt. Number two, slowly start distancing yourself. And what I mean by this is stop answering the phone, stop replying to text messages, stop hanging out with them, stop going around the people that they're around and start cutting off all of those outlets that they use to keep you in their life. Number three, do not be pulled into their crisis, okay? They are always going to find something to get you back. So if you start disconnecting yourself and stop disconnecting, they're going to say, oh my gosh, this is happening and I need you to come back. I need you to answer the phone. I need this. I need that. And they're going to take their crisis to make you feel bad and guilt trip you back into their life because that's their only way to get you back in. Number four is stop talking to them completely at this point. So this is all like step by step. Like I said, this is not an immediate process. And so as you start slowly distancing yourself, you stop answering. I got to the point where I completely cut them off. No answering, no text backs, no visits, no response, no nothing, because that is going to make it very clear. And they're either going to continue making those decisions or step up to the plate and say, hey, I've noticed you're being distant, blah, blah, blah. And that's where it could open a door for another conversation for you to be able to establish, hey, this is, I already addressed it. It wasn't changing. So these are the actions that I had to take. Number five, accept that it's going to take time. This is a very hard, difficult, and painful process to walk through because nobody ever wants to cut people off like that, especially when it's someone so close to you that you love so much that you have so many emotional connections to. It is so hard and so emotional to walk through this on both ends, but it is not an immediate overnight process. It's going to take time. It's going to take time for them to realize. It's going to take time for you to heal and just give yourself grace in this season that you're walking through. Number six, set boundaries. You guys, I cannot say this enough. Set healthy boundaries for yourself that you are not willing to cross. Toxic people look for people who are most likely going to budge. If you have done this before, chances are you already have tried to cut them off and you've allowed them back in your life. They know that you're easily budgeable. Okay. Don't think that's a word, but they're trying to budge you past those boundaries because you've done it before. But at some point you have to put your foot down and not budge on those boundaries. Your boundaries go against the intentions of a toxic person. Their intentions are to make you do what they are doing, for you to enable them, for you to stay in their circle because they need people like you, right? You're the positive influence in their life, so they want you, but they're the negative influence in your life. And so if you have those boundaries, they're going against their intentions, so they're going to go find somebody else who doesn't have boundaries, who will budge easy, right? And number seven, forgive, but don't forget. This is huge, you guys. So I'll tell you a little story with this one. Um, the other day, 
I got baptized on Easter Sunday and we had a Bible study before that service. And so this is very, very fresh on my heart. We were closing up that Bible study and our pastor actually said, okay, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 11. And I'll tell you that around New Year's, our church had put out um, a challenge for us to read the New Testament in 30 days. And if you go in my Bible, you can actually see all of my highlights through Matthew, through the beginning of Mark. And once I got to Mark chapter 11, I actually skipped the entire chapter about forgiveness because it made me feel unsettled. And I was like, oh, shoot, if I don't read it, I don't know about it. So I'm going to keep reading and go past it. Well, our pastor said, go to Mark 11. And my stomach dropped because I knew that now I was going to have to actually read this and be told by my pastor that I must forgive. And so Mark 11, 25 says, and when you stop, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you. I immediately start crying because my entire life I have struggled to let it go. I've struggled to move on, even though I have disconnected myself from my mom and I made the tough decisions to stop communication, stop talking, stop answering text messages, stop answering phone calls, stop putting myself in her environment. I still was faced with that everyday thought. Even when I was going to get baptized, I'm like, well, she's not going to be here. And like, it's so hard to think about when I get married and have children. And I walk through all these next seasons of my life that she's not there. And so when he said, you have to forgive these people. And it's not a, you're not condoning what they've done. You're not going and saying what they did is okay. What you are doing is forgiving them in your heart. And it's not saying that you have to go to them and say, hey, I forgive you and start that communication back up. It is a soul decision. It is something that you make within your heart. And this is not easy. It's not overnight. And I'm not telling you you have to do it right now. It's something you're going to have to walk through in your own journey because it's taken me a long time. But I do forgive her. I know that addiction is very hard and it's not something that I've ever walked through and I don't know what it's like to be in her shoes but I do know that at the end of the day I have to protect my peace and yes she is my mom and I will always love her but I have to understand that I forgive her but I do not forget I do not forget the hurt she's caused me I do not forget the pain the trauma all of the things that I was forced to go through as a child that no child should ever have to endure I forgive and so I really hope that at some point you're able to forgive this person and find peace in your heart that it's not you, it's not your fault. And this is what I want to really, I want you guys to hear my heart when I share this last part with you. I want you to be aware that this person that you are trying to cut off is going to try to paint a picture to everyone else that you are wrong and that you cut them out and you're the reason y'all's relationship fell apart and you were the problem because they are so victim mindseted. They're going to make everyone else think that you were in the wrong and they're going to be loud and share this story, whether it's social media or with other family members or with your friends or people that you're close to, it's going to happen. It happens with every relationship I've ever cut off. They make it seem like they were in no way the reason that it fell apart and that it's all you, they're going to make you feel like the bad guy because as a victim mindsetted person, they're going to make it look like it's everyone else's fault but their own. I want you to understand this though and never ever forget what I'm saying. Don't feel guilty for leveling up your life and cutting off the people that gave you the scissors. They handed you the scissors. They painted this picture. They did all the things wrong. And I'm not saying that you are 
completely not in the wrong because I think every relationship is two-sided and there are things that I have said to my mom and done to my mom that I should have never done out of being hurt and out of just resentment and disappointment and frustration. And it's not saying that you're perfect, but it is saying that you are proactively making better decisions for your life, for your circle, for your future, for your success, for your happiness, and for your peace. And I know that what you're going through, I know, I know it sucks. I know it's hurtful. And maybe you haven't walked through this in your life I want you to share this with somebody who has, share this with somebody you know who doesn't have a mother, doesn't have a parent, who lost a family member to addiction, who has a toxic relationship, who it's time to move on from. It is so hard to remove and cut ties with people that we love, that we have such a strong bond with, that birthed us, that raised us, whoever it may be. There is more on the other side and you have so much more to offer than to be made to feel less than and that you're not good enough. And I went my whole life wondering why I wasn't good enough for her to change and why I didn't have it within me to make her become better or to love me or to be the mother that I always wanted. But with age and with time and with experience, I realized that it's not me. She's a hurt person and hurt people hurt people. And at the end of the day, I protected my space. I made the best decision for me. Um, And I only pray for her every day and I pray that she gets better. And I pray that she sees the value and the worth that I see within her. And that's just how it is. And so I hope that this gave you some clarity. I hope that you're able to take inventory of the people you have in your life. And I hope that you're able to heal to heal from the trauma that you have been faced, whether that's seeking counseling, whether that's leveling up your circle and getting better people that you're surrounded with that make it a little bit easier to and take easier lightly because it's difficult, it is, but making it easier for you to make these changes within your life so that you have support around you and know that my DMs are always open for you to have this conversation. I love you guys and I know that we are all faced with really hard times in our life and it's it's even harder when it comes to somebody that you love. So I love you guys. Thank you for listening and I will catch you next week. I just want to say thank you so much for listening this week and for hanging out with me. I hope that you took away some golden nuggets that you can apply to your daily life and you're finding the growth that you've been looking for. I know what it's like to be a woman in a world filled with doubt. And I hope that you're finding those things here that can actually help you live out the more that you're called to. If you head on over to my Instagram at Savache, I'm a lot more fun over there. And I know I told you that I'd be your personal hype girl. So you're going to find more hype over there. Click the link in my bio. There's actually a link called Ask Shay, and that is a space for you to submit any questions that you have for me. And then each week, I'm actually going to select one of those questions and I'm going to answer it on my podcast live for you. And who knows, maybe your question's going to be the lucky one that week. But before you go, make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any of our girl talk. Next time, bring your coffee, maybe even your PJs, anything that you need to be extra comfortable because we have a lot to cover here. This is the Shay Speaks podcast, and I cannot wait to continue this conversation here next week.